that's for me the summer of 69 one of my all-time favorite songs as these guys know so uh absolutely is uh we welcome in willie randolph who joins us here in person a guy who's been a big part of the uh, fan for many years with the yankees and then obviously with the mets and Willie, welcome. Nice of you to come Good down to today. You, Good, Good to, to see you. you. Uh, right. And again, how are things going? How's everything doing? Good. Everything's good. Looking forward to the holiday season and, yeah. um, you know, um, join the grandkids, keep my finger on the pulse. Grandkids. You on. still look like you could play, no yeah. less grandkids. Yeah, you know well, that? I started early, you know, but everyone's doing well. But good to be here with you. You know, man. some guys really just always seem young to you. You know, you're a guy that always, when I see you, I always think about like 1976. I think you're always young to me for some reason. I remember when you got here. Yeah. I remember the big trade with the Pirates. Uh, and you just, there were guys who came in. And if the fans who aren't old enough to remember Willie, Willie came into a team, and there's some guys when they break in, they're like, play like they've been around 20 years. That was you. You yeah. were a guy who broke in like you'd been around 20 years. You didn't have to learn stuff. You knew everything. You played polished. I mean, you were just yeah. one of the, I mean, why were you that way? I mean, what, what made you come in and break in that way? Well, I think starting out in Brooklyn, New York, starting out in the mean streets of Brooklyn, you know, you taught you how to be tough early on and have confidence in yourself. I always played with guys who were better than me, right. so it made me better. But coming to the Yankees as a youngster, you know, when you have a, a team of Patrick Hunter and Thurman Munson and Roy White and Chris Chambliss, all those guys taught me how to play. It was a great introduction into the game, and it made me feel comfortable. Billy Martin took me on right. his wing. Loved you, yeah. Yeah, so, so it made it easy for me, and I was a, kind of a tough kid from Brooklyn, so it, it kind of prepared me for that. But when I got to the big league, to start out at that time with all those great veterans, Yankees who taught me how to be a Yankee, was invaluable. And I don't know if people realize the Pirates at that time were the lumber company. They had a million hitters, and they had about five guys all – all lined up as second baseman in their organization, all who yeah. turned out to be top players. I mean, they went all over the place, you know, so there were so many guys, and you probably thinking, how am I going to get through this group, right. right? And then all of a sudden you got traded, so it was a, a blessing, right? That's right. I was in Venezuela playing winter ball and thinking that I would come to spring training with the Pirates as a utility guy, right. not knowing how good I was at the time because I was an everyday player, but when the trade came across the board, my mom called me and said, you coming to the Yankees? It was like a dream come true. Absolutely. Mike. That yeah. turned out to be a great trade for the Yankees. Made a couple of big trades. They made the Bonds trade for uh, Figaro and Rivers, mm -hmm. which was a big trade. Your mm -hmm. trade, which was an enormous trade, mm -hmm. uh, really uh, changed the face of that, uh, that team and some great teams. And, and I've said this many times. You know, for some reason, team, you know, the 61 Yankees, the Mantle, Maris Yankees are revered. Mm -hmm. The Yogi, Whitey, the whole thing. The 96 Yankees are revered. People forget, and I've said this many times, we could talk 98 Yankees, we could talk 61 Yankees. The 77-78 Yankees could beat either one of those teams. They were as tough a team. Yes. As, I don't know, maybe not as talented as Mickey's team or maybe maybe yeah. not as talented as the 98 team, right. but as gritty and yes. as tough and as nasty as any team that ever came down the pike. I wouldn't bet against your team. No doubt about it. We played the fundamentals right. Uh, we played for each other. It was back, But back then, Mike, it was more like, you know, us against the world. You know, Billy instilled that in us. You know, the guys like Thurman Munson, our leaders, you know, we had the rivalry with Boston, yep. so that was tough. So we, we just played a different brand of baseball, but it was good old-fashioned Yankee baseball, but the fundamentals were there because Billy demanded that. And we just had that little run where we wanted to bring back some of the glory from the past. And we were hell-bent on that. I'm going to continue talking to Willie, but I'll jump a couple of guests in and in and out while we talk about a couple of things. Uh, so I have a guest, so welcome. Hey, Mike, it's uh, Mitchell Edis from Mohegan Sun. How are you doing? Oh, Mitchell, how are you? Welcome. 
Uh, Thank you very much. Very long friends from uh, the Mohegan Sun and someone who's been a part of the fan from the beginning. So welcome, Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I just, you know, I'm glad I got to call in and and thank you for everything. You know, I mean, out of all your years, we've been with you for like 21 of them. Uh, I I really think you've had a lot to do with... uh, with the success of Mohegan Sun and our relationship with you, and therefore my personal success, which allowed me to do what you're doing a few years ago. So I really appreciate that, and uh, I wish you the best. Maybe get you up here this summer, play some golf, do something, and uh, and enjoy whatever you're going to do. Uh, you know what? Uh, I appreciate it. And listen, you guys have been great to us from the beginning. Dog and I went up there when it was just a teepee and there was nothing else. Now it's almost like a city in Uncasville. What you guys have built there has been unbelievable. And you, I know, with what you've done with the uh, Mohegan Mohegan Sun brand in the Poconos and in Atlantic City and everything else. You've done an amazing job. You're so valuable. They keep bringing you back. Even when you try and get home and go retire, they don't let you retire. So you keep going back. So uh, thanks. You guys have been, you've been great to us. You especially have always been wonderful to me and to everybody at the fans. So thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate it. And thanks for everything and enjoy. And uh, I really appreciate you letting me come on today and, and say these few words. Thank you, Mitchell, very much. Have a nice holidays. And I, I will come up and uh, play some golf in the summer. So thank you. All right, so Mitchell Edison, let me get back to uh, who runs the Mohegan Sun, where, we, like I said, we've been going there for 20 years. Uh, we've had a great relationship, tremendous loyalty to them. They've been a great sponsor. Um, so, you know, Willie, the amazing thing is everyone talks about chemistry and players getting along. Let's be honest. Your team, they, they didn't love each other. I mean, yeah, Reggie, yeah, Thurman. <laughs> the Brock yeah, Zoo, right? And what everyone, it's funny, and, and people in later years might realize this, everyone thought the real animosity was Thurman and Reggie, it was more Nettles and Reggie than it even was Thurman and Reggie, yeah, right? Well, they, they, got, they got into a fight at yeah. the, the, the victory party in <laughs> yeah. one. So. Think so. about that. Though. At the victory party. Yes. And, you know, I learned from that team and the A's team of, of the 70s, teams didn't have to love each other to win. No. I mean, the A's team, they never got along. Your Yankee team, that team fought among itself a lot. That's right. But we loved each other, and, and, and we relied on each other, Mike. We had to kind of lean on each other as a group because we knew that um, that – being in New York, playing for Mr. Steinbrenner, we knew that, that the stakes were high. And if we didn't rally around each other and support each other, even though we fought a lot, we looked out for each other. We fought a lot on, with the other team, too. And we scanned the city we used to fight against, the Red Sox, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. So there was a real camaraderie there, a real brotherhood that really stuck out. And, and you don't really see that much anymore. But that's why we were together, because we had to be there for each other. And that playoff check was always nice, too. I tell you, and you and Omar did an, an amazingly underrated job with the Mets, too. You guys were an inch away from me. Maybe, like I said, be yeah, there 10 years. One pitch. You know, and it's amazing. I've always been surprised since then of how big an influence people say Beltran is. I always thought he was the most quiet guy. Was he really behind the scenes, really a guy who was a lot more of a guy who handled players better than we yeah. ever realized? I, I always thought he was so quiet. Yeah, and you're right. He was very quiet. He, he really blossomed really into a leader. Back then when I had him, he was still a leader but quiet in, in, in a lot of ways. Delgado was more of the team leader. But I'm really proud of, the, of, of, of Beltran, the way he's really grown and taking these kids under his belt. And now he wants to be a manager, you know? Yeah, and I think he'll probably be a decent manager one day because he knows how to communicate in his own way. You know, he's not a rah-rah guy, but he knows the game in and out. He sees things a lot of guys don't see as a hitter, you know, as a player. So I'm really proud of the way he's come up, evolved because, again, I, I never would have guessed that years ago that he would be the person he is today. And to me, he's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, that, and he's, you know, he very close. He probably will be a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. We're talking with Willie Randolph. That game, after... Uh, Chavez makes the catch. You think there's no way you're going to lose that we're game. Going, we're going. I mean, that's the loudest I ever heard Shea Stadium was that night. It was rocking, it was rocking. like crazy. Yes. And I always think to the bottom of the sixth inning, that inning, and the guy who had had a great year for you, 
was playing on second base. I'm trying to think of his name. Who popped up with the bases loaded? Jose Valentin. Valentin, yeah. who had so many big hits that year, and he popped up with the bases loaded. Yes, a sixth right. inning, you could have broken the game open right there. And I always think of that at bat. Everyone always thinks about ninth inning and Floyd and uh, the curveball from a guy who turned out to be a great pitcher, but. Really, I always go back to that sixth inning when after the catch, you guys were about to break that game wide open, and he had had a million big hits. Oh, those add-on runs were tremendous, and I think yep. back, I get Audrey to thinking about it. Thanks for bringing right. that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, that game was a great game when you think about it. But that would have changed. You know, game, one game can change lives. It, it really can. It really can, and, and I remember that that game was progressing, thinking we got to pick up the Ducks. I remember the innings were in. Even though we were winning, I kind of felt like, God, did we need to pick up that run, man. That's a huge run for us. So when you think back in retrospect, it, it just eats at you. It really does. It, to this day, it does. Yes, and you guys came in and turned that team around and did a great job. Yeah. You really did. You, yeah. uh, you were excited. Even it went 85, 86. Then you went 97, 97 games with mm -hmm. that team. I mean, you had some great years with very, those teams. Very proud of that. You first time getting an opportunity after waiting a long time to get the job, uh, to knock the Braves off their perch after all those years of domination. Absolutely, in the league. that was huge for us. And then we got the momentum going, made some trades, Omar, and and and. You don't realize the Braves won a division eleven years in a row. That, yes, I mean, and that's unbelievable. And so we really, really proud of that. And it gave us that little kick to go to the next level, and then almost getting into the World Series. And then we had that disappointment with the collapse, which, again, not making excuses, but right. there were a lot of injuries, a lot of things went down leading up to that. It happens. It, yeah, and that's baseball. Just baseball guards sometimes can be cruel, but I'm very proud of that run. Uh, to be able to come there and, and, and manage for the team that I actually grew up rooting for as a kid. I was a Met fan. As, I was a National League fan as a kid, so that's why I was more of a Met fan. It's hard to be in your generation now because mm -hmm. the game has kind of – everyone's taken the game and think that you guys are not part of the game anymore, that you don't think the game the way they want to think it, and it's almost like they want to take the power away from the managers now. They wow. really do, and they want to put it in upstairs in an office where guys are basically taking out – pie charts and taking out graphs and, and making well, decisions. Well, that, that's all well and fine, the new you know, leadership and, and the nuance of the game. That's fine, Mike. I, I don't have no problem with, pro with progress. But leadership is the main thing. And if you lose leadership in the clubhouse and the bench, you have nothing in the game. So I just hope they keep, you know. Uh, it's still my, people. Yes, still yes. People. And, and the game is played with a heartbeat. You know, people play the game and, uh, and you have to lead men. And when you tell these guys they can't do certain things, they don't always play for you, you know. And that's when managers get fired, unfortunately. But I just hope that they, they send you to, to evolve. But keep in mind that, it, that baseball is a beautiful and a great game. And it's not about changing it, you know, wholesale. It's about making little tweaks. But the game is played on the field with the best players in the world. All right, stay with me. Let me welcome in another guest. Welcome. Mike, Joe Mahalik, basketball coach at Hofstra. Hello, Coach. How are you? Nice to see the wow. call. So how, how are things going this year? Wow. Just want to reach out and say congrats on 30 incredible years. You know, you know, you, you want to be informed. You turn the radio on. You want to be informed and or entertained. And no one does those two things better than you, man. We were you're you're the you're the a, a, a household name and a, and a and a voice that's a household voice, I guess you'd say, right? So well, thank thanks you, for everything. coach. Very nice of you. And uh, uh, you've had some. Uh, I know you had that wild game uh, with Monmouth was unbelievable, huh? Oh, that was a, that, that was an amazing game. I mean, that's one will go on the coaching tape. I mean, that's one everyone can have a lot of. <laughs> they can have a lot of fun with that one at the clinics. You know, as somebody said, have you ever practiced this? We practice that every once in a while. It's never worked. <laughs> <laughs> never. Amazing. Never. I mean, never. to see a game in that way. How's the team this year? Team's good. Okay, right now. I don't, we're finding a way to win. I wish we were playing better. we got to keep doing that. we got Manhattan next, and then we got an old friend of yours, Jay Wright, coming here yes. uh, to, to play. So The number one team in the country. Number one in the country. So, uh, yeah, we can't even think about them yet. We're going to have our hands full with Manhattan, so. 
Well, listen, you've done a great job there at Hofstra. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it very much, Coach. Thank you, Joe. You're the best, Mike. Thanks, Thank man. you, Coach, very much. Congrats. Joe Mahalik, the Hofstra coach. I have another one lined up. Let's go. Welcome. Uh, Mike, how you doing? It's Brendan Brown, one of your NBA guys. Calling oh, thank you, Brendan. Welcome. How you doing? I'll uh, never forget the 2012-2013 season. The first time I was ever on your show. I was in San Antonio. The first time I did it, I'm staring at the wall in my hotel room. I'm terrified, but we get through it. And then you had me on 11 times that year as the Knicks win 54 games to go to the second round of the playoffs. So, Wonderful to be on that much. But two things came out of that. Number one, a friend once asked me, what is harder, doing a live game, a playoff game, or something like that, or doing the Mike Francesa show? And I really had to think about it for a second. And I said, well, I can tell you this. Francesa doing his show is like playing a really, really big game. And no matter what we covered in the Nick questions, me and you, the first three, four, five minutes, you know, then it was going around the league, and I had no idea what you were ever going to ask me or what direction we were going to go, you know, what big stories we were going to talk about in the NBA. So it was always a challenge going on the show, but it was also like a fun, kind of an amusement ride, like trying to figure out what you were ever going to ask. And then the second point that came out of that is one of my friends called me after a big Nick win, and he said, uh, you made this great point about Felton, you know, and how the success of the Knicks revolves around Felton this year, and da 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 da. And I said, "Well, when did you hear me say that?" I said that last night. And he goes, "Listen, I don't listen to you on the Knicks. I only listen to you on Francesca." So. Well, listen, you've done a great job uh, coming on the show. Uh, you know, it was Mike Breen who said you have to put Brendan Brown on. The guy knows more about the league than anybody in the league. He wasn't wrong. I mean, uh, so you are incredibly well-versed, not only with your own team, but with the whole league. So uh, you've been an amazing go-to guy. And if the people who uh, on the fan who are continuing after me re should realize that and you should be on as a premium guest because you know the league better than anybody. Uh, you're a coach, obviously, who's doing this so thanks very much for it really you added a lot to the programs which is what i appreciate so thanks very much for always being there when we needed you and you did a great job for us yeah i really appreciate it the shore parties were great having a chance to actually meet you and some of the people that work with the show Hubie's not patched in today, but he wanted to send his best. He's I'll tell you, listen, I learned a lot from Hubie. I traveled on the NBA and did the NBA Finals when your dad was there, and I'm telling you something. Hubie Brown is the number one basketball clinician of all time and can teach basketball than anybody alive, and I learned more about the NBA from Hubie than I ever learned from anybody else. Well, thank you so much for uh, having a big impact on my young broadcasting career and uh, – I think all fans and people alike will say there's going to be a big hole in the dial when you depart on Friday. Well, thanks, Brendan, very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right, Brendan Brown. We have Willie Randolph here. We'll take a quick break. Be right back.